Welcome to the See Me Now podcast. I'm your host, Kelsey Coleman. And today I am chatting with CMU Director of Department of Health Sciences, Lucy Graham. Welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Now, you received your degrees in biology and psychology, and you really weren't sure what you wanted to do with your life. That is correct. <laughs> how did you how did you get to where you are today? I mean, I know it's been a long path, but you know, you your father's from South Africa and there was a, a special trip that you took that kind of was an aha moment, if you will. Absolutely. I feel like I was very lucky to have one of those aha moments in my life. When I was 20, I went with my father to South Africa and it was the first time I had been there. We had had family visit, but it was my first time actually visiting South Africa. It was part vacation, part exploration, mostly family and friends. So it was really fun to see my father in his element. I didn't really understand all that he had sacrificed to leave his home country to move to the United States when he married my mother. So it was a wonderful opportunity to embrace in a different culture and actually spend time with my father. Part of my opportunities in South Africa involved spending time with extended family and friends, one of whom was involved in helping finance and outfit a clinic that was in a very poor township outside of Cape Town, South Africa. And there was a British nurse working in this clinic, single-handedly improving infant and maternal morbidity and mortality. So sick moms and babies, and just trying to turn that community into a healthier environment so babies had a better chance of surviving. Moms also had a better chance of surviving. And this particular woman was a nurse by training and had just such an effect on me that after my experience in this clinic, talking to this woman, seeing what she was doing and how she was doing it, I came back and thought, hmm, why has no one ever told me about nursing? But I knew at that moment that that's what I needed to be doing. Yeah, I love that. You know, one person and one moment can really change an entire life. And I think, you know, that happened for you. And I think now you are doing that every day in the classroom and beyond. Uh, when you were in South Africa, was it, you know, that preventative health piece that really you thought, I can make a difference before there's a, an issue or a problem. And seeing someone kind of do it all and get their hands dirty, is that, I mean, I feel like you're always doing stuff to get your hands dirty and really making a difference. Is, is that where it came from? I think it really did. Because even when I finished school with a biology and a psychology degree, I knew I wasn't really, I mean, I could be a great raft guide or a barista, but I wasn't without graduate school ready. I wasn't career ready. So at that point, I was already interested in public health and what I could do to work toward keeping populations of people healthier. I didn't understand the nursing discipline's role in that work. But when I thought about going straight to grad school for a master of public health degree, I thought, what do I know about healthcare? And I do need to get my hands dirty. And seeing this woman exemplify all of those characteristics make 
a difference in a community and in a world, I thought, huh, I think I would like to have some of those skills. I'd like to experience on the ground level. I, I can be gritty. I can, I can get my hands dirty and then really see where it takes me. Yeah. I, you know, you went back to school to get your BSN at the University of Kansas. Uh, and then, you know, ever since you've really shown there are so many different avenues to healthcare and to nursing. And, you know, some people, yep, it's going right into the hospital and doing that work. Um, for you, it's been kind of a, a, a windy river. Can you talk about some of those experiences and with, you know, social injustice and how you've kind of captured that in healthcare and tried to, to make a difference in that realm? Absolutely. I think one of the driving forces probably foundationally from that visit in South Africa and seeing such health disparities and such poverty in a way that I'd never seen it before it really shook me to the core. And I thought, huh, you know, if I can have any part of making uh, a difference in this side of healthcare, I want to do that. And so I really decided intentionally going through my nursing program that I really wanted to work in areas that help those who needed it the most. So I really came to nursing from a social justice perspective. And I own that. That is definitely how I got here. And so when I left nursing school, I worked in big level one trauma centers, county hospitals, those places that took care of people who had no place, nowhere else to go. They were also teaching institutions. That was a wonderful place for learning and growing in my discipline. But after about eight years of acute care nursing, I knew I wanted to do something different. During that time, I'd already gone back to get a Master of Public Health degree because I really saw so many preventable conditions, whether it was in the cardiac care unit or in the emergency department. There were so many things and so much work to be done to keep people out of those settings. So that really spiraled my path forward to work more in preventive health. So even though I've continued to work in areas that take care of vulnerable populations, even direct patient care, there's been this bigger picture of how do I help this population of people be as healthy as possible. You hear a lot about burnout in healthcare and with nurses, especially now after the pandemic. And you're a great testament as to there are so many different avenues. You can do one thing for a while, and if you start to feel burnt out, you can still contribute to society in a really meaningful way and, and just slightly just change your direction. Can you talk about how you, yeah, you were in the hospitals, you were in the ICU, and at some point you went down the path of, okay, public health, um, and then you saw that there was a, a large population that needed assist assistance with um, HIV and AIDS. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I think that when you're nursing, it's easy to be, to, it is easy to get burnt out at certain points. And I needed a break initially from taking care of heart transplant patients, many of whom did not make it to get their heart transplant. So then I went to the emergency department after some time there, I learned such great skills. I saw babies to older patients, so you really see a lot. But it was at a time 
when there was so much penetrating trauma at the county hospital I was in and so many what we call in public health years of productive life lost, YPLL, so many young, particularly men, losing their life to gunshot knife wounds. So all of that trauma, I thought I've got to do something different. And so switching gears to enable me to not get bitter and not get burnt out in the way that I just had to leave the profession, but know that I have a lot to give and I needed some different skill sets in which to do that. And the Masters of Public Health provided me with that so that then I could look analytically at, okay, how do I keep populations of people healthier? And that led me to the HIV care because I realized that I didn't just want to analyze data. I also wanted to touch patients. So I was I realized I'm I'm still a nurse. I still want to have that patient contact, but I really enjoyed the federally funded project with all of its trials and tribulations trying to get money from the federal government. It was still really an important way for me to contribute while still having those meaningful one-on-one patient interactions. So I do think that it's easy to get burnt out. It's also easy to switch gears and you're just constantly learning. So the different, the more different avenues, you know, the, the more avenues you take, the more opportunity a nurse has to expand their repertoire, if you will, with all that they know and all that they can contribute. You use the word bitter and I want to explore that a little bit because I imagine, you know, seeing so much trauma and hardship and sadness in this career that you would become hardened. But as soon as you become hardened, you're not able to, to care for each patient with that compassion that every nurse that I've experienced really has. What's that boundary? What's that line? How do you still be sympathetic and compassionate when you, know, you do see a lot of death and, and sadness? It's true. There is a lot of death and sadness and sort of grit. And you see the, the, the downside of human nature in some of this work. However, we are fundamentally all human. And really what happens is you're seeing very scared individuals who are acting out. And I think that when we realize that this is somebody's worst moment ever, there is a little bit of grace. And there should be. And it is easy to be bitter. It can overwhelm us and in, in our professions uh, and our in our discipline. But I think that Generally, when we're self-aware enough to know that an attack may not be personal, this is a person's worst day. So they're saying these horrible things, but they don't know me. It's not directed at me. There comes a lot of, I think, ability to move beyond some of the horrible things and the mean things that people might say or do, because you know that this is them in an altered state or they're very fearful or they're reacting. You know, part of that is just understanding human nature. But I think it's important to be self-aware enough to know when you're teetering on bitter and burnt and take care of yourself. Maybe that means you're taking time off. I was always very careful to save enough money so that if I needed to check out for a few weeks, I could do that. And I think that that's um, a benefit of being a nurse, particularly if you're at the bedside. As long as somebody can cover your shifts, you can take a break. Again, if you need to focus on a different side of nursing care, you can do that. There's so many opportunities. So it's, it's really, I think, all about self-awareness. 
I love that you said grace because really every situation you're in as a nurse, that person is uh, is so vulnerable, right? And when you're vulnerable, a lot of times your guard goes up and who knows, you know, what comes out when you're not used to being vulnerable and when you are at maybe your lowest point. And, you know, you, you've transitioned a lot in your career and you obviously are a faculty member here at CMU, but you're still heavily involved in you know, getting out there and getting, getting involved. And one of those things is in rural areas. <laughs> so we do live in Western Colorado over here. Uh, we are considered rural in a lot of parts and you do some great work in, in making sure that people do have the, the care they need, even if they are in a place that maybe doesn't have access. Can you talk about that and why rural is kind of where your focus these days? Absolutely. I think one of the things that we know when we look at the state of the nursing workforce in the state of Colorado is that we're particularly at risk in our more rural areas. So I'm very interested right now in the initiatives, some that are state funded, some that will come from private funds or federal funds to allow us to really figure out how can we train our future workforce to have understandings of the intricacies of rural health needs and then be able to promote working in those regions so that they want to stay in the small towns and they're interested in staying in the small towns so that we continue to have equitable care for anyone in our state regardless of where they live. Yeah, I mean, I, I know it's a challenge for a lot of people to to be able to get the care that they need. And, you know, part of what we're doing is training up these professionals who want to stay and help those uh, who necessarily don't have access. And, you know, you received your PhD in nursing science. Um, you're teaching here. Why did you want to go into teaching? You know, you are such an inspiration for so many up and coming nurses and you've been here long enough. You've seen them go into the field and, you know, start careers. What has that transition been like for you? It's not why I went to get my PhD. So it wasn't what I expected. I didn't really, I had clinical questions and I didn't know how to answer them and I needed a different skill set. So that was my driving force to get my PhD. And I was interested specifically in people living with HIV in rural areas. So that was my dissertation. That was, that was my research. And then I encountered more academics as I was in that program and doing work around Grand Junction. And that's really how I was sort of learned about academia, if you will, through my PhD program. And then I was guest lecturing here. Then I was invited to be a clinical instructor for the community and population health nursing course. Then I finished my PhD and faculty reached out, well, we have this opening for community and population health, and we think you'd be a potential great fit. Here's how, here's what we are looking for. And it seemed to tick the boxes, right? It's research, so it's scholarship, it's advising, it's teaching, it's service. It's the things that I love to do. And I love students before working at CMU, my entire career in Grand Junction, I always precepted nursing students. And it was fundamental to my education in nursing school and then even as a nurse to give that back. That was in my ethic expected. So I always wanted to precept. It 
always was fun for me to uh, turn a student on to all the different antiretroviral medications or all the different resources available to people living with HIV in Western Colorado. So it all, it was a natural fit, but I I couldn't connect the dots. Apparently, other people could way before I could. Like, wait, you've been you've been teaching your whole career. You yep. Yeah. Why not do it? You know, and right in more a, formally. Yeah, yeah. That's so funny. I love that, and I know you know we're so thankful to have you here, and all the students are thankful. And you know, lately, you've been really focusing on helping people who are experiencing homelessness, which is you know uh, something that's happening all across the country, and a lot of people who are way smarter than me are trying to figure out how to how to solve this and how to how to get people into into housing and and you have a little bit of a different angle. Can you talk about what you're doing? I can. I can. So per capita Grand Junction has more homeless population than Denver per capita. So if you obviously not in raw numbers, but per capita. So this is um a, an important issue. It's being talked about a lot across the country, not just in Colorado or Western Colorado, but housing is an issue. We're seeing increases in women, older women, families, children who are homeless, teens who are homeless. So a funding opportunity, federal funding came available in 2020 before we knew the, the before the pandemic was a word we were using every day and every hour. And at that time, it was awarding grants to nurse leaders working with academic uh, working with their practice partners to provide some sort of innovative training. Well, we are always needing training opportunities in our community. We need more places to train our students. And so I knew that one of our local entities that serve people living with homelessness were building a new shelter. So I met with those folks and said, what do you think if we do this? It needs to be a behaviorally integrated nurse-led clinic. How does that fit the bill for you? We found a clinical partner and we were happily one of 17 projects in the entire nation that were funded. And we have been able to provide primary care access through a family nurse practitioner, nurse leader embedded in the clinic we also have a behaviorist, we have a family navigator, and a medical assistant. And this team of folks can take care of infant to the elderly at, on site, at least in a stabilization and what resources do they need. We can help them get Medicaid. We can help them access a primary medical center so they can have a patient-centered medical home. That's not this. This is really just, here's where you go if you have nowhere to go, and then we'll get you taken care of. Hopefully, we're keeping folks out of the emergency department, which is not a place where people who have colds and cuts and viruses need to be. So it really hopefully allows us to take care of so many different issues closer to home for them with people that they trust and then be able to connect them to the other resources and services that they need. It's an incredible program and congratulations for, for Thank you. making that happen. I mean, it's phenomenal to see that you really can make a difference. You know, it takes hard work and you've got to have that perseverance, but you can get there. And how long has the program been going on? We were funded July 1st of 2020 and we train all sorts of students through our program. We have had 
undergraduate nursing students, nurse practitioner students, PA students, and even some of the family medicine residents from St. Mary's Family Practice have rotated through to learn about homeless medicine. Yeah, I, I think that's incredible. And we should talk about that for a minute, the training that students get here. You know, my husband, is um, he runs the house. So, it, mm. you know, youth homeless shelter in town. And, you know, he's always seeing CMU nursing students come in and um, getting to work with, with people that are staying there. And I know that, yeah, that, that's just a part of the program. You guys are really working and creating partnerships all over Western Colorado and beyond to, to get students that practicum and to be able to learn the skills in real time and get hands-on. Can you talk about all the different trainings that, that happen? Oh my gosh, I think there's too many to really even think about, but we have another amazing partnership with Hope West, which is our regional hospice and palliative care center. So not only do students in a variety of programs spend time at their care center, as well as with nurses who do home health visits. But we are lucky enough to have a simulation experience for our level four traditional BSN students. Six certified hospice and palliative care nurses come to CMU once a semester, spend the entire day helping our students run through a simulation where they experience not only what it's like to talk about death and dying to a loved one and talk about the symptoms of the dying process with loved ones. They don't get to do that as students, so this provides them a little bit of opportunity to practice. They also do post-mortem care, and they also learn how to do sub-Q pain management, which in the hospital we, we tend to do oral or IV. So it's an opportunity to provide them with other skills. We do place students in the jail, in the methadone clinic with school nurses. We've had the good fortune to have our coroner come and speak to PA and nursing students as well. So this community is rich in experience and generous in their gifts of sharing what they do and their enthusiasm and their excitement with our students. So we have so many opportunities and places that students can go. I love that. You know, I don't think every community is always open and, you know, with those open arms to say, hey, we're welcoming. We want to teach you everything we know and prepare you for your future. So I think that's a, a wonderful thing that we have here in Grand Junction. Also, let's talk about all the good things that nurses get to experience because, you know, yep, there's a hardship with death and dying, but then you have that people heal. They get better. People heal. And that is a beautiful thing. So I think that if you're an OB nurse, you may see some infant deaths. Those may be very hard, but most of the time you are seeing a beautiful life being born. You're seeing that baby bond with the mother and the father or mother and the partner, and it's just really wonderful. So certainly there are opportunities in every realm where patients heal. They get that heart. They get their transplant. They recover from their broken bone. They have a experience of... Um, understanding how to walk again when they've had a problem. So most of the time we're able to see success. I think what's hard is those hard cases can overshadow the many, many good things that you, that had happened in a day. Well, Dr. Lucy Graham, you are a phenomenal human and I am so thankful that you took the time to come talk with us today and for all you do in your, your daily life here at CMU. It's a pleasure. Thanks for having me. 
Thank you for listening to the See Me Now podcast. You can find us on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.